Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, March 29, 2022. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page XXV on the sixth paragraph, starting with these facts appear to be continuing on through the letter from Dr. Silkworth, the two paragraphs ending in very truly yours, William D. Silkworth, MD. Today's readers are, and thank you everyone, Pink Tuesday, Sally P., Crystal P., Dara L., Leila L., Mary Lou G., Announcements, Janice P.M., Newcomer Greeter, Carrie C., and host for the second unrecorded awesome hour, Esther C. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, March 28, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 18,744. That's 18744. For the 10 a.m. Eastern Time yesterday, one uh, eighteen thousand seven hundred and forty-five. That's one eight seven four five. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Leila L. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Leila. Press star one to unmute. Leila, we can't hear you. Maybe she's having some technical difficulties. Are you there? This is Leila. Ah, there can you, you hear are. me now? Okay. I can. Great. Let's go ahead. Okay. Thank you. Yes. This is Leila L. from Nampa, Idaho, recovered compulsive overeater. And these are the 12 steps of OA. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, 
and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. Thank you so much, Leah. I will now ask for Mary Lou G. to read the 12 traditions. Please go ahead, Mary Lou. Thank you. Good morning, Amy, and thanks for taking the meeting. Good morning, everybody. Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop compulsive overeating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films, and TV, and other means of public communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. It's Mary Lou G. from Massachusetts, and thank you for letting me do service. Thank you so much, Mary Lou. Okay, so how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time, or you'll hear my little buzzer in the background. 
Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book. We are in the doctor's opinion chapter on page XXV, the sixth paragraph, going through the two paragraphs ending at the end of Dr. Silkworth's letter. And I'm going to ask Sally P. to please get us started. Go ahead, Sally. Good morning. Thank you so much. This is Sally P. Recovered, compulsive overeater from Colorado. These facts appear to be of extreme medical importance because of the extraordinary possibilities of rapid growth inherent in this group. They may mark a new epoch of the annals of alcoholism. These men may well have a remedy for thousands of such situations. You may rely solely on anything they say about themselves. Very truly yours, William D. Silkworth. Well, first of all, I've, I just feel like this whole chapter in that letter, this is just a sacred, sacred chapter. And it was um, many, many years of being in this program that I, uh, it took me many years to have this explained to me so I could put it into practice. And um, God, there's so much I could say about it, but I just wanted to relate a quick story that happened to me this weekend. I um, I went back east um, to my niece's um, baby shower and 20 something years ago, I lost my twin sister to this disease at age 44. She harmed her heart by um, taking pills and over-exercising. And then two years ago, I lost my older sister, my last sibling to the disease of alcoholism. And I went back east to um, be with her, her daughter, who's, believe it or not, having twins, twin babies. And I feel like I'm stepping in kind of as her surrogate mother in her life. And I hadn't been back there for a while, um, a, lot, a lot of pain. And I went back and I, I asked God, you know, I want a new experience. And my goodness, I was given that, I can't even tell you, in great, great joy. But as I was there in the week, during the weekend, you know, a lot, of t- a lot of talk came up about my sisters dying from the disease, this disease. And, and my, my niece's husband said to me, well, Sally, how come, what did you do right? You know, what happened to you? How come you got it? I've asked myself that question so much, you know, here I have both my sisters are gone because of this disease. Why me? You know, why me? I still can't answer that. But I, what my comment to him was, well, and I had to think about it. Well, I think it was because for 20 years, you know, from the age of like three years old, and I found these rooms when I was 23 years old, I had this disease. You know, I was the one that looked forward to the bear, you know, the orange bear aspirin, you know, and whatever I could stick in my mouth. And I had 20 years of hitting, of getting to a really 
really bad bottom, and I was robbed of a childhood because of this disease. And then in this program, almost 40 years of this program, I was still robbed because no one explained specifically the doctor's opinion to me. I didn't understand that there were simple foods that I was still eating that were keeping me obsessed and addicted. And so I am so thankful for my bottom because I'm still here. You know, I'm still here. And I I believe uh, that God had a great plan for me. And all those years, here I am thinking that I'm the failure in the family because I'm the fat one. And I'm the one that's alive and gets to carry this message to my family. So I hear the deeper, so I think I will pass with that. And um, like I say, it's an honor to get to read this chapter. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sally, for getting us started. Um, we are now going to take uh, names uh, for those who would like to share on what was read. But although we value very much Experience, Strength, and Hope, if you've spoken in the last um, two or three days, that's uh, Monday or Friday, we ask that you please uh, let others share their experience, strength, and hope first so we all get a chance. So who would like to share first name and then initial of your last name, please? Roger V. Nancy P. Roger v. Larry K. Larry K. Barbara G. Barbara G. Drew D. Drew D. Gotcha. Vasa O. Vasa. Take another one or two. Terry J. Uh, Was it Terry? Terry J. Carrie J. Gotcha. Okay. Sounds great. We got a really good group here. Roger V, Nancy P, Larry K, Barbara G, Drew D, Vasa O, and Terry J. Okay, Roger. Step on up. It's your turn. Can you hear me? Roger, compulsive overeating. Please go ahead. Good morning, OA fam. Um, I'm not a regular at this meeting because it's 4 a.m. in Los Angeles, but God's delay is not his denial. I don't I don't normally get up at 4 a.m., but when I have insomnia, I said, ooh, let's go on a vision for you. Um, I love this chapter. You know, at the beginning of it where it says, to whom it may concern, I changed that to say, um, dear Roger, because I need to put it in the first person because Dr. Silkworth is talking about me. Um, I like the last line that it says, um, you can absolutely rely on anything these people say. You know, today my life is an open book. Um, People in my life know that I'm in recovery. Um, I have a close friend who's one of us, and um, if I go to her house, I say, what are you serving? Um, And I have to constantly remind her that I don't eat sugar. I don't eat flour. You know, these are my requirements. And I never trust it, so I always bring my own food just in case, you know, Today I have a life beyond my wildest dreams because I, um, you know, OA has, you know, I've been rocking into the fourth dimension. And as it says, 
in the 10th step, um, I've been placed in a position of neutrality with regard to food. And, um, you know, that wasn't always that way. You know, I've got long-term sobriety, but three years of abstinence in OA, and um, the credits don't transfer. And I love Dr. Silkworth's message because um, when somebody's new, I, I have them read that first. And, and then it, and then we talk about it because um, he just he lays it out so plainly of of what you know he describes me to a T and I, I can't wait to hear the rest of you this morning because it'll be a great way to start my day and um, I'm grateful to know what the problem is and that's me I'm grateful to know what the solution is and it's you my fellows and the twelve steps so. With that, I'll pass, and thank you guys for taking a 12-step call on me this morning. I'm Roger. I'm a compulsive lover, and I'm out. Thank you, Roger. All right. Nancy P., you're up, followed by Larry K. Hi. Good morning, Nancy P., uh, recovered in Western Massachusetts. <clears throat> so facts are data. I love data. Um, they're irrefutable. I can't get around them. And the fact for me that I have embraced and held close with a single-minded ferocity of who and what I am, and I am a compulsive overreader of the hopeless variety, my five most important words in the whole book are absolutely, completely, entirely, utterly, and nothing. And I've surrendered absolutely, completely, entirely, and utterly, and nothing comes before that surrender. And what do I get? It's ushered in a new epoch in my life. An epoch is, is the beginning of a distinctive period in the history of someone or something. And in this case, it's Nancy P's life. <laughs> when I surrendered to the fact of my powerlessness and the unmanageability of my life, it marked the beginning of looking at things from an entirely different angle. Just like what it says in the fourth step, that we look at things from an entirely different angle. I started to look at things from the perspective of surrender instead of obsession and control and arguing and fighting. And I have never let go of anything in my entire life. Letting go for me has always been a fight. There's claw marks where I try to let go. Let go, no, I don't want to let go. Let go, no, I don't want to get fine. I'll let go. And whatever it is, is destroyed. When I have to let go, it's crushed and smashed and ruined and bashed and just awful. And turning things over is too much work, too many decisions involved. And surrender is the most effective thing that I can do because it's the most aggressively passive. Today, I want as light a footprint as possible in every area of my life. And surrender has healed me and allowed me to walk lightly in my personal relationships. It's allowed me to walk lightly with others. You know, I used to only be happy if somebody else was upset, preferably crying. And today, I don't look for fights anymore. I don't see offense anymore. <clears throat> surrender is an elixir. It's got a magical power to cure and improve or preserve something, to restore to health. And my favorite line in the entire book, as the previous speaker said, I don't know if it's his favorite line, but that you may rely absolutely on anything they say about themselves. And I love that because today my word is good. I mean what I say and I say what I mean, and I try my very best to keep my word. You know, I don't talk smack and I don't people please anymore. And um, all of this from one thing, one thing starts with S and ends with surrender, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Nancy P. All right, Larry K., you're up, followed by Barb G. Hi, Amy. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much for your service, Amy. So let's, let's not overlook um, 
the extraordinary nature of what's being said here by Dr. Silkworth. Um, because, you know, prior to AA and prior to the, the disease model of alcoholism, you know, here, here's kind of what the prevailing, you know, medical view looked like. They would say all it would take to create an alcoholic addict, if you will, would be an excessive consumption of booze, period. So, you give, so what they're saying is give any human being enough vodka and you've got yourself an alcoholic of the hopeless variety. And that's what the medical community believed. And that's what gave rise to the temperance movement. It gave rise to prohibition. And they were wrong. Now, if you think for a second about someone you know, we all know somebody that's a normal eater, you know, someone you know personally, a normal eater, I don't care how many donuts that you persuade them to eat, you know, I don't care, uh, you know, how many, let's say, shamrock shakes you pay them to knock down, you're never going to create a compulsive overeater out of that person. Why? Because they don't have both the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. It, it simply can't be done. Just can't be done. And, and so what Silkworth acknowledged from his personal observation, he observed thousands of drunks who he could not help. I mean, he, it was an undeniable truth that this treatment, this spiritual treatment was not only helping drunks to, to, to stop. I mean, hell, he could, he could drive people out of town's hospital with the, you know, the belladonna treatments and hydrotherapy. But this spiritual program of action was helping drunks to stay stopped. That's the key. They could stay stopped because any punk like me can stop for a time. But stay stopped? Oh, no. No, see, I can't stay stopped. That's going to take access to a power greater than human power. And how's that going to happen? Well, it's simple. They're going to do complete deflation, dependence on God, a moral inventory, confession, restitution, working with others in need, all embedded in our 12 steps. For the rest of my life, I get to do this. Not a diet, not a beginning and an end. For the rest of my life, I get to do this. With that, I pass. Thanks, Amy. Thank you so much, Larry. Barb G., you're up, followed by Drew. Go ahead, Barb. Hi, everyone. My name is Barbara G., and I am very gratefully calling from Paris, France. And uh, I am uh, thanks for your, all your shares this morning. I could very much relate to the lead and to the experience of the compulsive reader staying in uh, our rooms without uh, being given the great news that this chapter is giving us this morning. And uh, I, um, it wasn't until I was exposed to this information that I um, was finally liberated from uh, um, from the disease. And uh, but there is something else that I was uh, that I wanted to say this morning. And uh, I've for a while after coming to in touch with this news, with the information regarding the physical allergy and the obsession of the mind, for a while, still I thought that, you know, the information 
and me putting in practice those information were enough. It took me a while to get that in order for me to stay stopped, not just with food, but with the obsession of the mind for that, I need a power greater than myself. And that's it. That's the end of the story. And uh, um, how do I get that power? For a very complicated person like me, and for a very uh, intellectual person like me who likes rationality and the mind, uh, there is uh, one simple way to get there. And it's uh, all contained, as far as I'm concerned, into a simple word that is uh, help. Please help me. And I know for sure that the power who I address myself to, to ask for help, to relieve me from the food obsession, from the craving, was is what has acted in my life for me to put the food down. I always love to remember the days where I was exposed to this information. Barbara, you have an allergy. You have to make a choice of what are your foods that are uh, allergic for you and you have to put them down. I well remember the day I was confronted to this news that was one on one hand liberating and scaring at the same time. I made that list. I looked at that list and I thought I will never be able to put those foods down. And in 24 hours, I looked back and I had done it. Who had done that? Not myself. Someone else. The power that I had looked up right. onto, and I'll stop, thank you, uh, to ask for help, uh, had done that for myself. And uh, I'm very grateful to be here today to share it with you. And I'm fine. Thanks. Thank you so much, Barbara. Okay, Drew D followed by Vasa O. Drew, please go ahead. You got it. <clears throat> Thanks very much for your service uh, for everyone on the call today. Drew, Drew D, um, working my steps uh, and really grateful to be on the call. Um, I wanted to focus on the extreme medical importance. Um, that was such a gift to me coming into the program. Uh, this thing that I thought was a moral issue, a lack of willpower, um, a, a shameful defect of mine. I uh, was blown away to hear folks that maybe didn't look like me, but could describe to a T um, the fact that we had the same Tuesday night, uh, that we were doing the same things with food and food was doing the same things uh, to us. Um, it was an incredible connection and helped me take this thing a lot more seriously, um, uh, seriously enough to treat it like an allergy, uh, transform the way I thought about my problem and uh, has transformed the way I try to help others. So very, very grateful for this doctor's opinion, something that I, without a sponsor, without help, without steps, would have skipped right over um, to glaze through other options. And so I love what we're focusing on today. Um, I love the line, extraordinary possibilities. Um, that's been true in my life so far, and I, I got more to go and more possibilities to discover, but I, that line jumped out as something so special and sacred to me. Um, a new epoch was definitely something I tried to create on my own. Uh, I can confirm that Drew does not create epochs very well by himself. I need a higher power. I need the group, and I need the steps. Um, and with that combination, uh, I, I believe, I trust, I have faith in a new epoch in my life uh, and uh, in the lives of, of many others. Um, I uh, I also wanted to focus on that that last line. It's been discussed 
uh, already uh, the reliance. You can rely on anything they say about themselves. That's not something um, I feel very confident in and certainly would be impossible without this program. Um, my proclivity with character defects to um, people please um, is, is problematic and I have to rely on this this program to stay honest. But if I can do that, I see a promise in this in this statement. And the last part I wanted to just celebrate was the fact that we get to read Dr. Silkworth's name um, and that that wasn't always the case um, and that um, through time and, and progressive victory, uh, we we got to um, establish uh, establish the credibility of this solution. And uh, I, I hope to use this 24 hours uh, to work my, my progressive recovery uh, to be of service and to uh, help spread this message in a similar way, uh, the gift that Silkworth gave with his service. So just wanted to just claim my seat and say thanks everyone for, for, for your service and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Drew. Okay, Vasa O, followed by Terry J. Go ahead, Vasa. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful recovered compulsive overeater, calling from Port Charlotte, Florida. And I was very, very interested in reading the doctor's opinion when I came to the program, and my sponsor gave me the big book, even though I said, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't know why you give me the book. You know, I'm not a drinker, so she will just cross alcohol and put food on, on the top. And I started relating with alcoholic. Oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. And I, and for the first time, I learned about the allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind. Finally, I had what was, finally, I heard what was wrong with me that I had been trying to fix it or, or solve my problem for years with the food addiction that I suffered for many, many, many years. And this was my last stop. And it was a gift from my higher power, really, for me. I feel like I was chosen to be in this program. Of all the people out there in the world that are struggling right now, you know, and was struggling before me, you know, and we are all chosen to be here. It's a miracle. And and I know we have to give it away out there in the world, I'm much more concerned giving it out there in the world because people that come to the programs, they know, even if they leave, they they come back after a while because, you know, they can't do it by themselves any longer. So that's my focus is really mostly to bring the people that don't know anything about it. And I'm just so grateful. This was my last hope, and this is the only thing that has helped me to put the food down, you know, and I, my sponsor said, we need to find a power greater than ourselves to be able to do this. And I said, power than myself. I will, I'll, thank you, I'll wrap it up. And I said, I am willing and I'm ready to find a power greater than myself. I don't care who you say, who or what, I am ready and willing. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to be here with all of you and I pass. Thank you so much, Vasa O. Terry J, and then we're going to take a few more names. Just a friendly reminder, we are on the doctor's opinion on page XXZ, the sixth paragraph going to the end of Dr. Silkworth's letter. Okay, Terry, please go ahead. Good morning. This is Terry J, compulsive overeater in Michigan. Um, just enjoying all the shares that have gone before me. 
even uh, the share from the reading this morning, and I could identify with what was shared that even as a child, you know, some medications, because they contained my um, addictive ingredient, I was glad to take them. So, you know, this is really, I mean, each year I got a little more and a little more. I, I concur with everybody. I love the doctor's opinion. I love both letters that the doctor wrote. And uh, but that last line in this first letter, you may rely absolutely on anything they say about themselves. So that themselves, themselves sticks out to me that what I can say about myself when I'm working, living in my program of absolute because it's a proven fact, you know, this is already proven that I have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. There's no question about that. Growing up in OA for me is so important because I began to understand the power greater than me that I choose to call God that's been around in my life, all my life, However, I've been running the show, and, you know, that just amazes me in so many areas of my life and still at times the resistance to want to still run the show knowing that at the end of the day it's going to be a shipwreck. And so Mm -hmm. surrender is uh, very important. I think somebody shared that uh, if they didn't, it led me to Complete surrender is what this uh, program is for me, completely surrendering my will to the will of God in every area of my life, but particularly the area of my eating, because it's the only way this is going to work. I can feel the growth. I can feel the connection. I'm so grateful to be a part of reading this text from the beginning. This is my first time, and I've been around the program since uh, late 2012, early 2013. And finally, some changes are beginning to happen because I'm letting go, and I'm letting God. If I don't, my disease wants to kill me. I'm not much of a historian on any of the literatures that I read, uh, except for one in particular. I will consider myself a historian in that. But I've had the opportunity in other um, programs to be uh, where displays about the AA Big Book have been there, and I've gained some knowledge about the roots and the beginning. And I do like history. I am a history buff, so probably at some point in time that might happen. But right now the most important thing for me is to remain abstinent one day, one bite, one second, one moment at a time until I have, until I recover. Thank you for letting me share. Everybody have a great day. Thank you so much, Terry J. Okay, so who else would like to share on what was read? Russ M. Kim A. Russ M. Kim A. 
Genoa V. Genoa V. V or B? V is in Victor. I'm sorry. V, got it. And then there was a Kathy, I think? Kathy M. Kathy M. Lisa BT. Lisa BT. Mary F. Mary F. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Might. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure we'll get a seventh. It was, who was that last person, please? Okay, well, Chris we can w. chime in. I'm sorry, who? Chris W. Yeah, here we go, Chris. I, I don't know, Chris. We'll have to see how we go. But I have Russ M, Kim A, Genoa V, Kathy M, Lisa B T, Mary F, and Chris W. Okay, Russ, step up to the mic, please. You're up. Good morning, Amy. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everybody. So, I don't have anything really specific about the what we read this passage, but, uh, you know, the doctors, I love it. I love Dr. Silkworth, although, you know, we never met him, right? Because this part of the book is what, uh, nailed down what I had all, all that time, energy, years of trouble and anxiety and blowing money and screwing up relationships. This is what trying to figure it out, you know, trying to figure out, try to manage life. So, Silky gave me that, told me what I am. He nailed it down. The light bulb went on when I read the doctor's opinion, why I'm, why I'm so screwed up when it comes to life. Um, so that, that's the gist of it. I mean, it's the first part of it, you know, knowing how, you know, I, 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 I used all those years and wasted a lot of years trying to figure it out. I wish I would have came on to this earlier, this, this part, you know, it, it gave me some, uh, peace, but you know, that's the only, that's initial. That's the only thing I had to do to work. So, uh, that's why I love the doctor's opinion because, uh, it gave me an answer to many, many years of, of, uh, research. So y'all have a good day. Thank you. Thank you so much, Russ. Kim A, followed by Genoa V. Kim, please go ahead. Hi, this is Kim A from New York City. God bless Dr. Silkworth. Um, I think we probably all feel that same way. And his notions were so different for his time that a lot of us know that in, you know, in the first um, edition of the big book, he was anonymous. He did not even want to put his career on the line by using his name. And as much as we all base our recovery and our lives on the big book, we need to remember that it was written for alcoholics. It was not written for compulsive eaters, right? And there's kind of like that 1% that does not apply to us, like where they talk about, you know, trying to stave off cravings by using sweets or, you know, sometimes you have to lend people money, like things that we just don't do anymore. And for me, I don't have an allergy of the body because for me, the big book clearly states that, the reason that we eat is because we are restless, irritable, and discontented, and we need to go to food for ease and comfort. And when that idea was presented to me that I don't have an allergy of the body, I thought it was preposterous. But then I realized that for many, many years, 
I tried to follow a food plan. I tried to avoid sugar. I tried to, you know, plan my food and weigh and measure it. And that never worked for me. And I realized that I don't have an allergy to sugar. And I'm saying this because, you know, there are different ways of thinking about this. And I feel like if I would have heard any of this a long time ago, it would have saved me a lot of heartache and a lot of relapsing. Um, if I personally had an allergy of the body, then I would have only binged on sugar, right? But I didn't. I mean, of course, I'd rather binge on cake than broccoli. But if there was no cake, if there was no sugar, I would binge on something else. I binged on really, like, stupid, unappetizing things because it was all about stuffing myself for ease and comfort. So it was never about the sugar for me. So when I read the doctor's opinion, I subscribe to 99% of it. Um, and I'm so glad that Dr. Silkworth really focuses on the insanity of the mind, that obsession, because that I really relate to. No matter how hard I tried to get abstinent or stay abstinent, I just couldn't because my mind would always lead me back to taking that first compulsive bite, whether that first compulsive bite was sugar or broccoli. My mind always led me back. So it wasn't until I did steps four and five as per the big book, you know, following the directions with my sponsor, and I live in 10, 11, and 12, and that's what keeps me from picking up that first bite. Thanks. I'll wrap up. It's, for me, I can avoid, I could try to avoid anything I want, but if I was able to do that, I wouldn't need these rooms. I could just stay on a diet. Um, so I'll wrap up. This is Kim from, Kim A. from New York City. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Kim. Genoa V., followed by Kathy M. Go ahead, Genoa. Good morning. Um, I'm Genoa, compulsive overeater from Las Vegas, um, and thank you to Team Tuesday and for the person that uh, got us started. Um, man, oh, man, information that held depth and weight, that's what I needed. You know, I'm of the slow, slow, slow variety um, coming to this program and finally getting abstinent. And I love that uh, these men may well have a remedy. You guys had a remedy. Um, it took me forever to get to you and to this, this remedy. And, you know, I don't want to say that people weren't uh, sharing this message, but I will say is that I didn't hear it, okay? Um, and about six years ago, we moved out to Vegas, and I went to an OA meeting. I was fairly just finished because it had been about 19, 20 years of twirling in and out of this program, and I just, I just, couldn't, I just couldn't get it. Whatever it was, I couldn't get it. And I remember I, I finally went to a meeting out here, and I heard somebody talk about alcoholic foods. Pow! That, that got my attention. I understood that immediately, and I was struck abstinent. Um, and I stayed abstinent for about a year and a half, but that wasn't the complete picture for me. That wasn't the complete picture. Like, yes, I understood that. But I never sponsored anybody. I didn't work step 10. Um, I didn't, you know, I wasn't thoroughly in the program uh, like I am today. And I, wow, I wish I had understood, but like I said, I'm, I'm of the slow variety here. I, I mean, it's definitely an educational um, experience for me. 
Um, and so I went back out because I got that buildup of human emotion. I needed ease and comfort. I mean, you know, I, I just, that's what happened for me. And when I came back and I started going to vision and I started hearing this message um, and I got a sponsor who was very clear about the fact that you have to sponsor, you have to carry this message and help somebody else. And then those step 10, clearing up that stuff on a daily basis so that it doesn't build up. Because, yeah, when I get a buildup of that stuff, I need some relief. I need some relief or I'm going to explode. Um, and I'm so grateful today that I am practicing this program in its entirety. Um, and that makes a difference. So I have neutrality around food today, and I didn't think that would ever happen for me. Um, and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that this information um, is in here and that I found a group that's going through the big book um, because that's what really made the difference for me as well. Um, and uh, man, oh, man, so for anybody that is out there that has been twirling around with this, twirling around with this, you know, please pay attention to this message because it is real. This is the remedy. This, this was the solution for me. So anyway, I'm so grateful um, that I get to be a part of this. And it is early, but I'm glad I get to be a part of this. And thank you, guys. Thank you so much, Janelle. Kathy M., you're up, followed by Lisa B.T. Kathy? Kathy M? Hi, this is Kathy M in Ohio. So it's Kathy C A S S I. I'm grateful to be on the line. Thanks to everybody who shared and who's done service today. And as we go through this, uh, part of the book is just really striking to me how um, prophetic it can be. I mean, Dr. Silkworth has seen evidence of people recovering from alcoholism. And though the cases at this point in history were really few, the doctor, he, I mean, he hypothesized that these recoveries might lead to this rapid expansion of the fellowship of AA, which we know happened, and which we read about in the forewords to the various editions of this book. And these recoveries were significant in the history of alcoholism because finally a solution was made available to people who suffered. Like, there was something that could be done. Not only did the AA fellowship expand, but all these other fellowships based on 12-step began to appear, including ours, Overeaters Anonymous. And yeah, these groups have increased in their, their membership and they've grown in size and all this that he's talking about. But even more than that, like addicts and people affected by addiction have grown and healed and physically, emotionally, and spiritually by working the 12 steps in this supportive community. And day by day, we're working together, addict to addict, overeater to overeater. And we're healing. We're healing from this despair of active addiction. And like like lots of the predictions in the big book, you know, this one, this prediction that the society would, what was it, mark a new epic in the annals of alcoholism? I mean, that's come true. Like the world of recovery from addiction is starkly and clearly the world, you know, before AA and after AA. This, you know, major shift in thinking has occurred away from this, you know, deficit model or like a sinful model into one of healing and recovery. And I'm just so grateful for that because that's, that's what I needed and that's what I've been searching for. And I'm just so happy to be here. And um, thank you for letting me share. Uh, again, it's Cassie, C-A-S-S-I. Uh, I think it's last initial N in the um, 
in the database, and I'm here in Ohio. I'm doing it with you. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Kathy. Lisa BT, I think it was. You're up, followed by Mary F. Looks like I might have time Hi. for this W2. Yes. Hi, Lisa. Hi. I can be heard. Great. Um, yeah, Lisa, Lisa BT, recovered in Guelph, Ontario, near Toronto. Um, and I woke up a little late this morning, um, and I thought, oh, my God, the meeting started, and I, and I got right on. And I, as I was listening, I just thought, am I the luckiest person in the world? Like, I just thought, I can just reach for my phone and hear all that I've been hearing, um, including, you know, the, the book that we're studying and, and, and hear over time, like across time these words that were written um, and, and honestly, this sense of incredible gratitude um, just flooded over me and, um, and just wanting to say thank you so much to the team who puts this together and all who shared and all who were on this meeting. Um, so I'm almost 65 and when I was a little kid, the little girl's birthday party movie was Mary Poppins <clears throat> and there was a song a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. And I saw that movie about three times because it was sort of so popular. And, um, and I think that became my, yeah, that's totally true. A spoonful of sugar does help life. Um, and it became from, you know, I think I was that way before, but I, it, it became conscious in me that, wow, this really helps me. It makes me feel better. Um, and it's been decades um, of, um, you know, walking through that, trying to figure it out, um, finally finding, I found OA in my um, 50s. Um, and I remember thinking, these are my people. Like I, I thought, I didn't know other people um, struggled this way. Um, and that was a huge gift. But something happened um, this past week that I just felt compelled to share. Um, I, I was waking up in the morning and the feeling that I had was something I'd never had before. And it was a feeling of peace, but I'd only ever understood the word peace as a word and, you know, it's a good thing. Um, but I, I'd never really experienced quite what I experienced this week. And it was a peace that really did pass all understanding. It was, I just felt so, it felt so full, so alive. It didn't feel like the absence of conflict. It felt like something else altogether that I really didn't know was even a thing. Um, and I think the only way I could have understood it was experientially. And so when people, and I've often heard people say, I'm living, I'm living, you know, the life of, beyond my wildest dreams. And, and I always sort of, I, you know, I thought, well, I, you know, I, I kind of get that, I guess. Thanks, I'll wrap up. But I didn't really know. But it's like this week, I knew. So I, I wanted to share that and, um, and my gratitude. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lisa. Okay, Mary F. Uh, yes, you can I are... be heard? Yes, please go ahead. Okay. Um, my name is Mary F. I'm a compulsive overeater from Virginia, and um, I just wanted to share this morning because um, in reading Dr. Silkworth, 
I think he had seen it all. I think he had seen every um, absolute hopeless alcoholic that he could. But yet the last line in this, in this, what we read this morning says, you may rely absolutely on anything they say about themselves. And to me, that is such a 360 from what he must have witnessed and what a vote of confidence for these early alcoholics who came together and found that power greater than themselves. And for me today, as um, a newcomer to program, really, in working um, food sobriety and emotional sobriety, that, that last line gives me such hope such wonderful hope for myself and for those that I love and uh, encounter in my own life because I was not somebody who you could rely on and I was not somebody that um, knew or, or, or even knew that I was not telling the truth about myself. My denials were so deep. So um, I'm just going to take that last word, that last line and hold it in my heart today and let it be a font of great hope for all of us as um, as we walk this journey uh, in program. And can I repeat it? You may rely, abs- may rely, reliance, rely absolutely on anything they say about themselves. What a wonderful gift. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mary. Okay, so Chris W., we have two minutes. A little less than two minutes if you'd like to still hop on there. Or you can wait till the second hour if you'd like. Are you there, Chris? Hi, this Chris. Yes. This is Chris with a K W and I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And um I'm just reminded while I was listening to the meeting today that when I first started doing outreach calls a little over a year getting on to a year and a half, but um, that different people would say, well, you might not be a compulsive overeater. And I remember like, just like, how could they say that? Of course I am. That's why I'm here. And um, I just had this, this like indignation, you know, sort of. And yet what I realized is I really, didn't own up in deep inside that I was a compulsive overeater. And I didn't understand about the physical, um, the obsession in the sense that it's an allergy. And I remember like when I wrote down my red, red light foods and my yellow and my green, it, there just was a piece that came upon me that, you know, it really is true. When I get into these kind of foods, I can eat anything and I'll binge on anything. Well, not salad, but I'll binge on all kinds of different foods, but it really gets triggered by this certain set of things. Um, And I, you know, I found myself just recently wanting to have some pizza because I saw it on a movie and and it was like an instant that, you know, hitting, jumping away from the fire um, because I finally understand that I do have an allergy. And and if I'm thinking 
of that, the real problem is in my mind. So um, I'm just beefing up some of the things I'm doing. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris W. Okay, I'd like to thank everyone who shared. Uh, please join us for a second awesome unrecorded hour of study immediately following the share ID for today, Tuesday, March 29, 2022 is 18,750. That's 1-8-7-5-0. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Crystal P. please take us out? Crystal star one, press star one. Crystal, maybe we lost you, technical difficulties. Oops, sorry. Okay, well, maybe Dara L., are you there that you could read the vision for you? Uh, yeah, sure, oh. no problem. Sorry, Have just open into that page. This is Dara L. I am a recovered compulsive eater in Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.